Good morning or evening, listener. I am Darcy Moran. Sitting to my left is Kieran Stevenson. Hello. And you are listening to Weakness for Bleakness. A modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. And all these goals are understood, but misery is a public good, so come and feed your sorrows till you spend. Well, just to come, the captain said, the icebergs only dead ahead, the men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God. We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me, when workers philanthropically believe in the economy. But what a feast for tired eyes, the poison of the boiling skies, everyone their own depths spies, remember when the world was wise, we know, no, no. In the show today, we discuss Milnes and Guthrie's, Chinese crosses, and trans-Pacific love. <laughs> That's nice. A little coming coming up. Uh, A little coming up bit. Yeah, I like it. I wasn't planning that. It just tumbled out. Mm. It was like divine revelation in my terms. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to start this episode off with a shout-out to American comic Kath Barbadaro. I don't know how her name is pronounced, but for her extremely unfair tweet, which uh, meant that I spent much of the last week uh, reading about Andrew W.K. conspiracy theories. So that's been occupying uh, the majority of my headspace, and uh, I cannot get uh, fucking... You're Not Alone, Out of My Head, an artist which I pr- who I previously had very little interest in is now suddenly a key fixation. So if I drift off or start to talk about the dark underbelly of partying, then that's, that's what's going on. I will try to keep you honest. All right. Shall we begin? Let us begin. Headline one. Um, <laughs> so this isn't from any one specific publication because obviously everybody jumped onto it. Uh, Donald Trump has said that he and Kim Jong-un fell in love with each other over letters which were exchanged uh, discussing denuclearization. Do you think he meant they fell in love with themselves? Because that would seem uh, Essentially, more yes, yes. I think that that's 100% accurate. I think that that's a very, a very canny read of the situation. Um, it's a weird one. So he's saying that, you know, he, he was going hard on Kim Jong-un and then Kim Jong-un was going hard back. Right. Which is... Pushback can help. Yeah, something yeah. that uh, something that Donald Trump is unaccustomed to dealing with. Uh, because normally he's able to just, like, deflect and ridicule and stuff, but he doesn't really have that escape route with Kim Jong-un. Well, and if he your partner doesn't to... give you any resistance, you can get whiplash, and that's not good. You yes. need a stable platform to... Yeah, yeah, so he... This is a fucking metaphor, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they exchanged correspondence and Donald Trump has said that due to his fiery temperament uh, and he's previously said that he admires the fact that Kim Jong-un is a dictator, essentially, that people have to do what he says. Uh, he said that, yeah, we fell in love. Those are his exact words. And uh, this one is really interesting for me. Not that it's going to... Not that it's a particularly gigantic blip in the fucking mental hellscape that is Donald Trump's psyche, but, like, he always expects a significant portion of the American psyche to just, like, trail along behind his, like, his baked-in crazy reactionary US base. 
And uh, this is just one of those ones where it's like, you, it, it's it's so strange. Like, how does America react to this one? Does this mean that the hillbillies suddenly fall in love with Kim Jong Un as well? No, I think I I think I'm hoping that by uh, accidentally revealing some sort of human response to anything, mm. <laughs> that he might have lost some of them. I hope so. N- not to mention the fact that, like, many of them are profoundly homophobic, so... Many of them are profoundly homophobic and also racist. Yeah. And yes. some of them still hate communism. Yeah. There is still, like, an old guard of yeah. culture warriors that are... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pr- ...maybe prepared to do business with Eastern strongmen that <laughs> aren't actually comfortable with the idea of their president being in love with one of them. <laughs> yeah. I'm just fascinated because from Donald Trump's perspective, from the perspective of, like, an ailing old man with probably one or two wasting uh, intellectual diseases who has witnessed his own ability to manifest his will in the world in, like, a really shockingly thorough way. Obviously, he comes up against the limits of that ability to manifest his will with some pushback from the US government or whatever, but he's still got a majority with his party and he's still able to basically do everything that he wants to do. So if he's trying to make the world follow him on this and redefine the terms of US-North Korean uh, relations as sort of... uh, Oh, how can I put this? Is existing along an axis of some kind, uh, you know, representing two prongs of one movement. Uh, it's 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 interesting to me. This is a brick wall for his magical ability to talk himself into any victory. It comes right after the the UN um, puppet show as well, mm. where he was laughed at. By uh, by people who who suddenly everyone was like, see the wise elders of the UN laughing publicly at Donald Trump. Yeah, like the UN oh, is suddenly fixed. this great fucking yeah. institution for especially the General Assembly. Yeah, <laughs> like oh yes, these upstanding moral ambassadors yeah. of the UN General Assembly have had the courage to giggle at <laughs> the stupidest one of their ilk that was in the room. Yeah, a joke so broad that everybody <laughs> is forced to recognise it as a joke. <laughs> I did see one part, uh, one American pundit. I don't remember who because there's too many of the gibbering idiots. Uh, <laughs> try to say like. The UN were laughing with Donald Trump, not at Donald Trump. Oh, because of that weak smile he gave once he realised what was happening? Yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, sure. The smile of uncertainty. (laughs) I recently watched a reality TV show about ambulance people, and one of them uh, was talking to a woman who had maybe just suffered a stroke, and uh, she didn't know, I think she had dementia or something, she didn't know where she was, she couldn't recognise her daughter, uh, who (laughs) weathered the unexpected intrusion of a camera crew into her extremely traumatic event uh, with great aplomb. Uh, Yeah, and she did that, like, defensive smile that you're like, no, I know what's going on. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, yeah, it's all good. I meant to fall, actually, because I knew we were recording and I wanted something for the gag reel. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's my favourite part of the film. (laughs) Yeah. How many times has Donald Trump fast-forwarded... Through DVDs from the start of the movie, holding fast forward, not scene select, 
to get to the blooper reel. I suspect Donald Trump still has a VHS of like a 90s skateboarding fails compilation. Oh, yeah. That's the only one he's ever owned and mm. is, is worn ragged because he still finds it hilarious every single time. Yeah. Fucking his, his attachment to random points of American culture is so exciting because you never know when he's going to come out and be like, no effects, guys, they're a good band. I don't know why people aren't talking about no effects. I've like, been hearing a lot of complaints from? about living color. I think it's valid. <laughs> I do like the personality song, but I have... I, have <laughs> I don't think... Yeah, uh, yeah. who knows? <laughs> who knows what he's going to talk about? Uh, anyway, that's it. It's just he's a fucking wild card. A monstrous, insanely damaging, terrible person who is also a wild card. I like what, the effect what, that it's going to have on the very serious pundits in America, like the, the mm. ones who still think that there is institutional respectability that they can salvage. Oh, yeah. Because they are going to be both really gleeful and mm. crowing like they always do whenever he puts his foot in it, yeah. but also despairing and horrified at the, the effect he's having the on the office of the president. Yeah. Those people are great because they're supposedly reasonable position has forced them into so many weak <laughs> alternate takes that they're essentially like so when the PlayStation 3 was coming out and I was uh, a young lad and I was a Sony fanboy I would say as opposed like I was I was a Sony PlayStation dude as opposed to Xbox and I remember posting on a forum when I was a kid that like maybe Sony wants to not sell many of them. This is when they announced the really that it was super expensive. And I was like, maybe Sony wants to not sell that many of them because they're losing money. They just want it to exist and get out there and compete so that they can get penetration. And then when costs come down, they'll flood the market, which is kind of what happened, but I don't think that's what they don't were going for. That is the level of fucking critical thinking <laughs> that grown-up <laughs> journalists in the US are applying to the fucking presidency at the moment <laughs> and I couldn't be more tickled about it it's pretty riffer uh, agreed <laughs> two votes for you what's your first headline my first headline is actually this is a think piece mm. it's not news bear with me it's sort, of, it's sort of news it's from Jeff Sparrow who writes for the Guardian mm-hmm. Jeff Sparrow is often very good yeah 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 this, Jeff Sparrow has some goodies this article is called how a disastrous change in perspective disempowered the left and let the right rise. Hmm. And he has drawn a really uh, precise bow at Michael Moore. And interesting. Older listeners will remember this. <laughs> Stupid White Men, the uh, oh. 2001 smash hit, mostly nonfiction mm. uh, book, which I remember. I, I bought it from Borders yeah. and read it. I never read it, but I remember it being around everywhere. It was great. It was very funny. Mm. It was full, especially for people who were outside of the US. Mm. And I was like 13, I think, when I read it. We still had a very uh, media-manufactured idea about what America was and who Americans were. And yep. it was difficult to believe for one someone who'd been taught that they were the wise leaders of the world <laughs> in one of their vassal states. Mm how hilariously inept the uh, wielders of power were in, in the US. Yeah. It was a ripper book. But Sparrow reckons it also had a 
really long-term damaging effect on the ability of the left to speak to the people that they need to reach yep. because it kicked off this um, postgraduate smugness that came through with the Colbert Report and the Today Show and yeah. the, um, you know, culture that suddenly erupted of celebrities mocking Trump. Not Trump, uh, the first one. Bush. Bush. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bush was hilariously stupid in a fucking tremendous number of ways. Yeah, yeah. He was the perfect balance. He was. Um, and there, there was a lot to make fun of. Mm. And for the first time, great actors and film directors and uh, people who had been relatively impartial throughout Reagan yeah. and uh, so on started to come out and pubs sort of s- nail their uh, colours to the democratic mast yep. and ridicule the uh, national leader. Mm. Uh, this was before people were concerned about the dignity of the president's office as well. Mm. Everybody got in on it. Yeah. Uh, it led to a shit fight between right-wing journalists and left-wing journalists, which revolved pretty much purely around personality of the president not the policies of the president mm-hmm. and it happened at a time when the left was losing a lot of its traditional institutions of public uh engagement i'll yep. say unions were crumbling a lot of ngos yep. were crumbling and so suddenly um the spokespeople of the left became actors and musicians mm-hmm. and comedians and wealthy business people (laughs) yeah yeah the good kind that wear a t-shirt instead of a button-down shirt under their shit blazer inexplicably everyone in america wears fucking terrible suits and this uh this whole political movement which was born from essentially the working class and the lower middle classes Mm. became a mechanism of uh, asserting the smugness of the intelligentsia yeah. and ceased to be about government, about anything really other than a pop culture conversation. Yeah. And yeah. Sparrow's contention is that this, that he traces back to Moore's book, because you have to trace it back to something. I suspect the seeds are always earlier than whatever you trace it yeah. back to. But yeah. it's not a bad starting point. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he considers that this is what has allowed the right to seize control of uh, the the kind of rage discourse. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's partially correct. I think that that's probably a good origin point for the, like, pop cultural side of the equation, like, remembering that this is after the Clinton terms where uh, the Democrats had largely, largely abandoned, like, traditional systemic left policies and and moved in favor of market solutions and stuff like that and that was kind of tied up i think in the crumbling of unions and ngos and sh- and all of the old kind absolutely of yeah, mechanisms they- and the the gradual erosion of democratic footholds in sort of rust belt and working class states and stuff like that so in the absence of any strong systemic critique because the democrats had just become the republicans so you can't criticise the party who is doing things ineptly in exactly the same way that you're doing things ineptly. Yeah, it, it became and, very and surface And we followed, and, and, and the Brits followed as well, and I'm sure across yeah. across Europe people followed it too. Yeah. Specifically in West Europe. Mm. Um, 
in West Europe and outside of France. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's been the fucking great failing of the Western world. Yeah, um, it's been incredible. And what it's done is it is that it has allowed the idea of experts to become politicized. Yep. And one of the things that you look at in kind of Weimar Germany and after Weimar with the rise of the Nazis is the way that fascists were eventually able to just come out and say well, this man is wrong because he's a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and because you know. because yeah, the, the this idea of once once you in follow technocrats, which is yeah. what the Weimar Republic did, they were a really technocratic mm. organization. I think they meant well as far as politicians tend to. Yeah. But their sidelining of the blue collar movement and their insistence on this middle class technocratic culture allowed the Nazis to politicize the idea that as soon as you were caught in public knowing what you were talking about, you were immediately invalidated yeah. as a, a reference point because you An had amazing. some sort of bizarre truth based bias. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> An amazing uh, technique of public control. And like you see that echoed in like the continued attacks against like the ABC and, and any media which dares to be fucking vaguely centrist even. That's right. And or fucking God forbid left of centre. Which, which, which I think will take us very nicely and neatly into your next headline. Uh, I believe, if I'm no, am I correct? No, it's no. my next headline. Your next means headline. your next headline <laughs> is professionals. Everybody, uh, great barrier. We have avoided the technocratic trap that has <laughs> the rest of the left. <laughs> <laughs> well and truly, uh, Pol Pot's fucking whole thing the Khmer Rouge executing all of the intellectuals that's also directly tied to that fucking crazy idea and it never comes spontaneously by the way it always Mm. follows a kind of a a, a period of political warfare that usually lasts about a decade which is about as much time as you need to properly prepare the public for the idea that anyone who's learned anything ever needs to be removed from the conversation I wonder why fascists would want the learned to be sidelined. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to it's hard to tell, but you know, fuck human society, right? Shut up, nerd. It is exactly that. You don't know what you're talking about. Uh, all right, my next headline is Great Barrier Reef scientists told to focus on projects to make government look good uh, by Ben Smee for the Guardian. Um so there's been a ton of like Great Barrier news. Uh, Great Barrier Reef news over the past, like, 10 years or whatever from, like, oh, it's fucking dead to, like, <laughs> it's not quite dead, but it's dying to, like, yeah. 90% of it is dead to The Great Barrier Reef being... is the artist who's been discovered after his untimely demise. Yeah, he's f- the Great Barrier Reef is fucking uh, Sugar Man, except Sugar Man's not dead. Um, but anyway... Uh, yeah, Pauline Hansen fucking went and had a swim, and she's like, in my fucking... Inexplicably I was taken credible. to a tourist visiting spot, yeah. carefully chosen for the fact that's not completely fucked yet. Yeah. So, <laughs> so amidst all of this, like, confusion for every two minutes a week that you would get of Great Barrier Reef coverage, there was this big uh, 
foundation grant uh, given by the fucking libs uh, to make themselves look good, essentially. Uh, this was the spontaneous $400 million. Yes, $443 million. Yeah. I, I um, asked for it pretty much, wasn't it? It was quite a weird. Well, I'm, I mean, asked for, I think, but not asked for in those terms. Right. Like, it was very clearly an attempt by the libs to get out ahead of the thing and to make themselves look good and to be seen to be helping right. the Great Barrier Reef, even as they sought to greenlight the Adani coal mine, which directly jeopardized The libs jeopardized are so it. good at making themselves look good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Their main skill. Yeah, yeah. They fucking look like diamonds right now. <laughs> or as ScoMo would say, it's sparkly drongos. <laughs> Fucking his speech is getting less and less intelligible. I'm I convinced so that he's trying. He to- called me a drongo. I, Robin <laughs> had to like crowbar me out of bed <laughs> to get to work. I was just bereft. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you see the damage you're doing, Scomo? Uh, anyway, so it's recently been revealed that as a condition of the funding, the Great Barrier Reef scientists were told that they would need to make quote trade-offs including focusing on projects that would look good for the government and encourage more corporate donations that's a quote from the article Um, so this these trade-offs included like uh, mining executives being wined and dined uh, by the foundation uh, tying Foxtel, Fairfax, and Google to uh, the foundation as donors, not fucking consulting with uh, science people that they really should have been consulting with, including the CSIRO, and uh, pushes to, like, control meetings and public statements and stuff, and to focus on projects which made the government look good. So, in other words, rather than focusing on the extent an implication of Great Barrier Reef bleaching, for example, maybe instead to focus on largely uh, minuscule preservation efforts of the few little bits of coral that are still alive and stuff. Right. So that's so, it. It's it's fucking boilerplate political corruption. Yeah, but it but it fits within their uh, fascinating context they work in, where they they claim that they despise this kind of like academic elites, but they're all just postmodern thinkers fucking par excellence mm. who have decided that there's literally no truth value only yeah resources that you can tap and untap and it's their job to help to to profit by curating various businesses in tapping those resources yeah and they- there aren't any consequences or any reasons they're basically they, they, they complain about the left being nihilistic, yet yeah. they are people who oh, they believe in nothing. Absolute fucking amoral nihilistic they, monsters. You're right. And they are complete... They understand intrinsically and completely the instability of uh, reality on a phenomenological level, like yeah. subjectively, and they think that they have the wherewithal or they try to get the power necessary to control that reality to make themselves look like heroes while simultaneously profiting directly off the exploitation and suffering of others. It's it's really it's really dark shit and like perfect for the age of madness in which we live. I think that this this is increasingly apparent as the way that they operate as fucking insane propagandists in a new and frightening way because people keep fucking buying into them. Yeah, absolutely people do. 
and because it's crazy. Pe- people are actually really postmodern. Yeah, well, postmodernism was fucking it. <laughs> I wish <laughs> it was they extremely <laughs> insightful <laughs> about its uh, about what it was critiquing because it came directly out of the fucking Second World War. Of course, postmodernism <laughs> wasn't airy academic shit. It was a bunch of traumatized Europeans going like, "How did the entire continent?" fucking fall into this madness. <laughs> the basic premises of that underpin our culture may be less yeah. mutable. They may be quite mutable premises. They may yeah. <laughs> Who could have foreseen that a series of colonial empires explicitly building <laughs> their cultural and financial authority off the idea that other humans are inferior? Who could have seen that this would be the fucking result? <laughs> and now it's happening all again. Dear listener, fuck me. But now yeah. they're just financial empires, so it's going to be fun. It's going to be civilized and okay this time. Because oh yeah. Technically speaking, we people have their own administrative regions. Yeah. That yeah. have no local power, or or international yeah. power, but and they might have strong uh, cohorts of U.S. military stationed there for security reasons. You understand, <laughs> so that we can do non-intergovernmental air bombing raids. <laughs> The problem with colonialism originally was that the British and the French had, like, a really kind of naive and patronising sense that they had a scintilla of responsibility towards the territories they were fucking. So, what we need to do is remove that scintilla and then it will be totally okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Dog ate dog. Fuck, man. Uh, Yeah, so that's the cheery... That's my cheery take on... (laughs) Great Barrier Reef funding. <laughs> I can't believe that the guys who claim to be the responsible party that's above mm. politics are literally directing scientific research away from facts. The more it's, the more you fucking uh, cotton onto the idea of conservative projection, uh, the more it makes sense and I'm seeing it everywhere now and either I'm going fucking crazy which I feel like I'm going crazy or yeah it's just been the truth the whole time that they are the exact mirror of humans they're these weird (laughs) fucking shadow bizarro people and everything they say is a fucking falsehood (laughs) diametrically opposed to the truth which they represent which is bloodshed like Turnbull's weird McLeod's daughter's farmer's uniform he used to go around in when he was visiting the countryside. Yeah. Like, just just wear a safari suit, for fuck's sake. Yeah, it was fucking... less condescending. No, it was fully, like, a glamour from old Celtic (laughs) uh, legends of the elves. He was coming out of the forest, in this case, the city, because he comes from the dimension of concrete and steel. To steal the livelihood and future the of the people in the region. appeared, but he had a fey yeah. smile. Yeah, and his sonorous voice. Uh, <laughs> we are here to support the farmers. <laughs> Fuck you, Turnbull. You thug. Let's. Uh, what's What's your next headline? I've got. We're <laughs> going to quantitatively ease the hay. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is. Speaking of nihilism, mm. uh, the, the best reports on how fucked up the ABC currently is are all mm. coming from the ABC. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Inside the ABC's leadership crisis by the ABC. Yes. <laughs> With a beaming smile, 
Kirsten Ferguson strode into the ABC News Channel's Sydney studio and sat across from anchor Catherine Robinson, I prepped for her first interview as acting ABC. <laughs> I hate when journalism does this. It was a stormy day on the fucking streets of Canberra as my failed literary ambitions attempted to break out. Unlike in the Royal Australian Air Force, where Dr. Ferguson started her career, her new colleagues can and will question her authority regularly. <sighs> so Dan Brown now works for the ABC, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Senior fucking copy editor. Well, he's got to fucking work somewhere, doesn't he? Ah, oh, man. But to the meat of the... Uh, to the meat of it. So the ABC board's role is to preserve the editorial independence of the organisation yeah. and to ensure that it's run responsibly in accordance with the same laws sure. that apply to all corporate entities in this country. Mm. Or don't apply, as the Royal Commission will inevitably show when we finally... This is going to get us an ABC Royal Commission, by the way. It's going to yeah. happen. ScoMo's going to... More Royal gonna Commissions. More Royal Commissions on everything. <laughs> Benefit deals for retired judges. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, Justin Milne, who is the chairman of the ABC board, is a uh, Mongolian warlord in <laughs> 21st century white man clothes who has no fucking idea what his job is at all. Yeah. Or, or he does know and is just a prick of a human being. <laughs> Let's see which... It's more likely. His, Occam, his can you his come over here? <laughs> Occam is so busy right now. <laughs> Kieran, he's no time for this shit. He's yeah. just going... He's, he's joined, Hacking through the jungle with his little razor. <laughs> he's joined the Dollar Shave Club. It seems to grow every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got a hell of a sponsorship deal. We're still glad that Michelle Guthrie's gone because she was fucking pointless and horrible. Yeah. But it's turned out she was not the arch-villain in the piece. She was merely... Yeah, this is frustrating to me. <laughs> this fucking Ragnarok that keeps reiterating itself where somebody you hate gets thwarted, <laughs> but only... Only just... by someone who turns out to have been worse. Yeah. Does yeah. every news item have to be the end of a Final Fantasy game where they introduce the secret second boss? Well, it's yeah, fucking outrageous. Because in, during the Wars of the Roses, the mm. peasants didn't give a shit who won. Yeah. They just knew that they hated all of them, and it was <laughs> nice whenever any of them died. But yeah. it wasn't like, oh, yay, <laughs> The Tudors have emerged victorious. Mm. England can breathe freely again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just nice that they're both knackered. Yeah. Um, But Michelle Guthrie is doing the Turnbull thing, right? So she... I hate Michelle Guthrie as I hated Turnbull. She gets out on her ass and then decides to fucking take names... On her way yeah, out she's and built starts up a dossier. leaking emails. Of- and, but she does get some points because she did protect her journalistic staff from... She's coming being, out of this smelling like a fucking rose. That's what's sacked. so frustrating. She's not she misconducted her... Like- <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, she uh, was under pressure from uh, mm. a, an allegedly liberal democratic uh, government mm. to fire journalists for reasons of political expediency, not competence. Yeah, yeah. Because Emma Elberici, who's not the only one that was 
scrutinized for this, but she's like the the headline piece. So we'll yeah. go with her. Is a trained economist, mm. and since the coalition took over has been using her knowledge of economics to point out that they don't have any. Yeah. And that all of their ideas are not only immoral, but fucking stupid and wrong. Yeah. She's a class act as well. She's like ten times as thorough as any yeah, journalist right. that works for the fucking Murdoch rags. Yeah. She- she's like, do you want to help grow the economy? Increasing the circulation of money, mm. not reducing it. How does that sound, you fucking meatheads? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Wild idea. What if instead of hoarding all of the blood in the heart, <laughs> we, we send it about around the body? So that we don't just end up with vestigial limbs like a bunch of dodos. Yeah. 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 Um, and so that this is a huge scandal and the whole board needs oh, to go, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fucking disgrace. Emma Alberici and Andrew Proben was the other one that I yes, heard. That's right. That, that Andrew Proben as both, well. In both cases, because Turnbull personally had tried to intercede and uh, with Justin, uh, had tried to get Justin Milne to get them fired. It is now um, past the point where the government should be allowed to appoint anyone to the board. Mm. I don't mind. Maybe you can allow for the government to veto applications, mm. but ABC board appointees should not come through the government at all. That's insane. They should come yeah. f- internally through the ABC. Yep. Or we'll we, we scrutiny from, like, journalists without borders or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Create some other independent yeah. body of journalists that... But journalists should to... be the ones who choose yeah. this. a hundred fucking percent. And um, it, 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 the whole thing is such a, such a shit show because now the IPA obviously have l- uh, latched onto it and sent circulated a statement and a letter saying that now is definitely the time to privatise the ABC, which yeah. is, they've been fucking God. gaining distressing traction with over the last little bit. There's some fucking insane, like, bot shit happening, and I I hate it. I hate it when I have to complain about the <laughs> insanity of the bot shit, because it's always sounds like the dumbest stuff, but, like, uh... On, an, <laughs> on ABC videos, on the ABC channel on YouTube, if you go and you look at the comments, they are almost exclusively negative, saying, like, oh, we need this far-left horse shit, the SJW era, like, typical kind of alt-right trolley stuff, which is not unusual for YouTube yeah. comments. But it's almost all of them, and they share fucking grammatical inconsistencies between comments which is spaces between punctuation which shouldn't be there which is not a particular <laughs> wait so like, sorry hang on spaces between punctuation yeah like carry on it'll be like we must I need to refine my algorithm we <laughs> yeah yeah so like that shit's happening the fucking ABC well the AB the story is that the ABC <sighs> has been taken over by mm. a political faction yeah if I was the IPA, I'd shut the fuck up because it's my faction that's taken <laughs> it over. I'm only drawing attention to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's just maybe that it's a case of like they thought that they could that Justin Milne was like stage one, and then privatization, and they're worried that they're going to lose that foothold now. Because- this is the thing as well: is Milne should never have been appointed mm. through proper processes his history in the corporate world oh, is yeah. one of being a fucking philistine and a yeah. greedy fuckwit yep he's known for it mm-hmm. this is not like a man who could have been appointed to the let alone made chairman but appointed to the board 
by anybody who was interested in having a professional board member supervise an organization. Yeah. This was always like finding a poisonous idiot who would accidentally or on purpose damage an institution that you'd want destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a scum, scumbag. That's the word I was looking for. He's a scumbag. In the days before he resigned, was forced to resign, uh, he kept releasing things, being like, my job was to look out for the best interests of the ABC. And essentially, under this government, that means kowtowing to their leaders, lest they defund us or (laughs) privatise us. This is, yeah, Uh, also, there's another point. The government should not be allowed to determine the funding the ABC gets. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) 100%. It should just be locked in as a minimum percentage of um, federal revenue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Whatever... So that way, if they wanted to starve the ABC, they have to shut down their fucking border force as well. (laughs) (laughs) That would be fucking great. Um, There was a conflict of interest that um, Guthrie pointed out where he was, like, uh, chairman of the board for MYOB which was one of the companies that Emma Alvarici had called out specifically in her big expose article. Uh, I'm glad to know that. And then he was the one who was calling for her to be fucking fired. I've, I've used MYOB's point of sales mm. uh, software as a, a as a retail clerk. Yeah. And uh, good. <laughs> I hate MYOB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a surprise, because fucking counter to the idea that privatization is always the way in so many areas <laughs> fucking point of sale software medical <laughs> software uh fucking graphing calculators you end up with these bizarre awful. fucking minor monopolies of just people you working cannot off- use a decimal here but we have decimalized currency can yeah can, can i please <laughs> yeah you can download open source ai software that's more <laughs> elegant and simple with its analysis yeah. than some of these fucking things. And why are these the pits? It's still got a drop-down menu that defaults to shillings and pence that you have to <laughs> click every time. You can't create new stock entries. You have to clone existing stock entries. It's weird. And then edit them. It's I don't get it. I love at it. All. <laughs> I love the idea that you accidentally delete all of the stock entries so there's nothing to clone and then you have to call a technician out from MYOB. They always maintain like a kernel of one so it'll default back to... And it's literally called just hashtag one, I think, is the the initial item. But it's a fucking really... Because it's asking for mistakes to creep in because you forget to change one thing. Yeah. I love it. All of those arcane pieces of software some of which i've used in my time for various like fucking computer shit uh they're all like trying to pilot a spacecraft where it's like they have these insanely esoteric controls and stuff it feels like like, um like something the the central planning committee in the old ussr were like oh no (laughs) we've forgotten (laughs) to do computers quick (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. Everyone comes with Tetris. People love that game. <laughs> 70 years of Soviet civilization. <laughs> we have a moving blocks game. Hell of a game, though. It is a hell of a game. Shall we move on? To topics? With our new, again, new topic sting. 
What a great new sting here, and I loved it. I know, right? Uh, all right, topics this week. Uh, I have the floor, and I would like to use my allotted time, if it pleases the Judicial Committee, to talk about the Brett Kavanaugh hearing. <laughs> yes. Uh, I would like to begin with my opening statement, which shall be 45 <laughs> minutes long and punctuated with crying, uh, alternated with unbridled rage as befits my status as a currently drunk alcoholic i'm pretending to be brett kavanaugh uh there are other podcasts which have done uh this topic in greater detail uh and there are other sources that you can go to to talk about it and it's american not australian so obviously it's you know more you're gonna get more from uh american sources Chapo Trap House has two good episodes about it. One of them is a free episode, one of them is a premium episode, but they go into it in depth, and it's just good to hear the fucking manifest despair of the American people as they watch their reality crumble around them. (laughs) It's not fucking concerning at all. But basically- The consequences will be so worth it. I would like to talk about it because it's interesting to me for a couple of reasons, but as a basic rundown of what- has happened uh obviously the republican majority congress has nominated brett kavanaugh to the currently open uh seat on the supreme court which i think is the one that was left by kennedy justice kennedy retiring traitor kennedy as he will be known for the rest of history fuck that dude he couldn't have held on until after the midterms (laughs) for fuck's sake anyway this guy got nominated he's a classic conservative judge which is to say reactionary judge uh, you know, he's anti-abortion, he's pro-gun rights, he's pro-big business and fucking anti-gun. He's everything, every uh, dark impulse well, of the Republican Well, abortion will id. cut down on the number of underage girls' basketball teams he can coach. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fucking Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, he's a Catholic... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a- anyway... He allegedly assaulted Dr. Uh, Ford, Christine Blasey Ford, uh, when they were in high school, and she has come forward to speak about her experience uh, because she rightfully believes that he shouldn't be on the Supreme Court. And as things stand currently, the hearings happened a few days ago or a couple of days ago, and... uh, now there's an FBI investigation for a week. Into yeah, I'd read that they'd given them exactly one week. Yeah, and if it's not, if that's not enough time, which it isn't. Yeah, it's definitely um, not. You, you can't f- investigate the theft of a stick of bubble gum in a week. Yeah, let alone yeah. an ancient rape case. Yeah. So, yeah, but as part of that investigation, they'll be interviewing uh, Doctor Ford again. Hopefully, although apparently they haven't contacted her yet. And I think there are three other women that came forward with uh, testimony as well. So, that, so that's that's where it stands. And then the hearing itself, uh, which I watched a lot of footage from, is an interesting one. Dr. Ford's testimony is really interesting. Uh, after watching it, I can only state my personal opinion, but there is not a fucking doubt in my mind that she is telling the truth, and I don't have any 
credible reason to doubt her powers of recollection or you don't think it might have been the guy who doesn't look like oh yeah (laughs) the doppelganger the fucking crazy shit that they've come out with to try and square the circle we uh, we both had contemporaneous haircuts you see so she may have been confused yeah contemporaneous haircuts for this sector of society meaning identical haircuts as well like every fucking Republican dude in the US has just had the same haircut as each other and it changes as a one by maybe a millimetre here or there. It's pretty much there's like there's 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 some ebbing and flowing as to where the parting is more fashionable to yeah. be worn, but that's pretty much it. A, maybe a slight variation in the length of the fade uh, depending on how militaristic the US is being at that exact moment in time. It's a fair point. So, <laughs> always at least a little bit militaristic. But not a lot of maverick dudes in the, uh, yeah. amongst the lads. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, but none of them are cool. They're all total fucking squares and monsters. Um, and then, yeah, Kavanaugh's testimony is fucking buck wild. He's yelling and crying, and he, his opening statement is 45 minutes long and uh, rambling and full of tangents and stuff like that and you know some people have said that he's fucking drunk when he's giving his testimony and I'm not uh, I don't have any proof for that but you know (laughs) I wouldn't fucking doubt it for a second and he was belligerent and he acted like a child and essentially what this means is that the the pressure building up under the tectonic plates of US politics has now manifested in this one very simple case of a pretty credible uh, uh, sexual assault allegation and now the US <laughs> Congress deciding whether the subject of that allegation should be granted one of the top jobs in the country. This well, it's keeps the top we- job. Like, the Supreme Court's the most important organ of control because... Without them, Congress and the presidential wing have no actual authority to act on anything. Yeah, sure. It's it's definitely it's a ludicrously it's important definitely job. Fucking, yeah, it's it's preposterously important. Not just technical knowledge of the law, but mm. you really do need to also have moral judgment for the cases in which the law breaks down, and you have to essentially set a precedent. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Ford isn't asking that charges be pressed or that Kavanaugh be subjected to a criminal trial. No, this she's is, literally this just is asking literally... people to take into account the fact that, she, she, that, that, that he's a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which doesn't seem to be fucking completely unreasonable to me. But, like, uh, it's actually causing fucking waves in the US in a way that feels different than even because... the Trump shit. So much of this has been building up for so long. Yeah. And the thing is, there's nothing hilarious or charming or quirky about Kavanaugh. No, he's a pure like, There's creep. literally... I can understand why people feel affection for Donald Trump, even mm. if I don't. I mean, I would <laughs> say that I feel some kind he's of charming uh, distant if he wants affection. to be, right? There's like, he's a character. He's a, yeah, yeah. As they used to say, oh, he's a a, a terrible man, you know, but a real character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, It's the difference between, like, a bear getting loose at the circus and killing everybody versus an industrial explosion. Yeah. Like, Donald Trump is the bear. Exactly You could set it to yakety sacks. (laughs) But Kavanaugh is just malice. Yeah. 
there's absolutely uh, nothing warming or, mm. or, or or enthusing about him. Yeah. So that which is good. I think also a lot of people were surprised that Gorsuch was mm. allowed on, given some of the absurd rulings he's made in the past. Yeah, coming to light. Well, Gorsuch is a fucking piece of work as well. He is. Yeah, absolutely, he is. Um, but his, his maybe his appointment didn't necessarily abut so directly against this idea of entitlement. Like I think part of why this is such a drastic fissure is because it represents a potential point at which these false narratives, this fucking postmodern game that the Republicans have been playing just like the libs, <clears throat> comes to a point of recognition because Dr. Ford's testimony is so credible mm. uh, because the uh, job is such a high stakes one and one which demands like an unimpeachable record uh, and because the Republican attempts to discredit her and to save Kavanaugh have been so transparently trafficking in the disconnect between like empathy for sexual assault victims and uh, wanting to have their fucking way, like all of that shit is just dissolving those weird illusions that they try to put in place. And now people are just seeing a political party do everything that they can to put somebody who is unfit for the job in the job, somebody who's materially opposed to the uh, good interests of the American people. It also comes off the back of the um, the Garland disaster. Mm-hmm. Where for twelve months, the Republican Congress just wouldn't approve Merrick Garland yeah, yeah. for no reason, completely for no out. reason whatsoever. Yeah, other than like just purely politically, mm. we don't like. And Garland was not like you know Darcy or Kieran being appointed to the Supreme Court. No. He was pretty down the middle. I don't think. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. would not call him an ally of the left, apart from when it's incidentally matters that. You know, he comes down on their side. But those are incidents. He was a very carefully selected candidate because the Democrats understood that the Republicans were probably going to try and stonewall them on shit. Yeah. And they were like, well, Merrick Garland, yeah. They might like him because he's got some conservative points. Yeah, he he would probably play golf with them as well. And he would probably fucking go and eat pheasant or whatever it is that they do. He's one of them. Um, Pheasant is underrated. Yeah. But there's a difference between stonewalling Merrick Garland, which is, like, partisan and petty and fucking childish, and and then seeing the result of, like, why they were doing that. This is what they want instead. And yeah. And for that to be... Is just repulsive, isn't yeah. it? And there's... I, I don't want people to sort of... Forget, I know this the incident uh, took place in the 80s. So 35 years ago, 35 36 years, years ago. ago. Yeah. It's a long time and people can change. Yeah. Obviously. Mm. But remember, it's just come out now. Mm. I was listening to Cognitive Dissonance, which is a podcast I enjoy, and yeah. one of the hosts there, uh, Cecil or Cecil as they call him because mm-hmm. of America. They were, they were discussing, well, okay, how long does this kind of crime go with you? Yeah, sure. Effectively. And it's really quite a good rule of thumb. He said, well, for as long as you get away with it, basically. Yeah. Um, 
if something happens and you're found out or you step up and say you've done the wrong thing and you go through the ritualized punishments and seem to have changed that's one thing but Mm. this guy has never owned uh, and little caveat assuming of course that he is guilty which has not been proven but um, yeah he's never done anything to make it up to the victim he's never accepted any responsibility for Mm -hmm. he's never admitted it took place and now that it has he's really really doing a terrible job of denying it yeah um so yeah no the fact that it happened 35 years ago is not the main point the point is is he still the same person he was then or is he has he grown and changed yeah it doesn't seem like he has no it doesn't and like more to the point in the in his effort to get his treat for his career of allegedly working hard really just being handed shit constantly i'm sure he's worked hard as well but what the fuck does that count for (laughs) fucking doctors and nurses work hard as well Um, everybody with a job works (laughs) yeah percentage of people who have jobs and don't work hard is so fucking small they're not really worth counting yeah so um because of his life of hard work uh what a fucking idiot uh he feels entitled to this trait and in order to get that trait he's willing to perjure himself before congress uh to get it and refuse to acknowledge any wrongdoing in what is increasingly likely an open and shut case of, of he did it. So regardless of, he might not be a rapist anymore, but he's still, <laughs> still the sort of person who would fucking publicly push down a sexual assault survivor to very true to fucking get a job t- for which he is not qualified. And in that includes perjury, which immediately disqualifies him. And is that's something that the Democrats are not really, uh, harping on a lot, but he's, deliberately well, misremembering details deliberately deceiving them on certain details he is and he's but he, and he's not taking any chances to make to give to make himself look good right no when donald trump um abused her character and her did everything really yeah if if i had been falsely accused of rape by somebody and while it was being worked out the most powerful man in the world just kind of blundered into the room and mm. started defaming her character and implying that she was senile. Mm. I, I would have to like say, "Mate, yeah, fucking what the fuck, are you doing? This is not helpful. Ba- step back for a second. There is no. She is clearly earnest in her mm. actions here. I know that I didn't rape her." But mm. this is not a stitch up. She clearly means it. This is something that needs to be handled sensitively, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. compassionately, and worked through. But he did just—he was just like, "Oh, good." Yeah, he did. Tr- he did. <laughs> He's try still to- my boy. We're still on side. That was yeah. literally his takeaway from it. <laughs> he did try to do that in his statement, where he's like, "Fucking the creep was like last night. My little girl said <laughs> we should pray." For- for Dr. Ford, we should pray for the woman. It's a lot of wisdom from a 12-year-old. And it's like, fuck <laughs> off. And he was like, I don't deny that Dr. Christine Blasey Ford has been sexually assaulted at some place, at some time, by someone. 
And it's like, yeah, by you at that house <laughs> in the fucking 80s, because she has the recollection. One of the really beautiful things about Dr. Ford's testimony, apart from the fact that she's like visibly doing the, one of the bravest things that I've seen somebody do, is that she is a doctor of psychology. Yeah. So she understands the function of memory and she understands the function of trauma and she speaks in clinical terms uh, in a lot of her testimony to like really back up what she's saying and be like, no, a traumatic, uh, a traumatic event like this imprints indelibly on the hippocampus and there are certain fucking things. There was one point where uh, Feinstein uh, asks her like, how can you be sure of this? And she's like, how can you be sure that the person was Kavanaugh? And she's like, well, on a basic level, because... The he same looks exactly re- like Yeah, Brad the Kavanaugh. same reason that I can be sure that I'm talking to you. And then she's like, but also because of the, you know, epinephrine and stuff that was flooding through my brain and explains how memory works on a on a fucking uh, mechanical level as well. So it's like she's she's unique she's the most qualified candidate to To explain be what a- happened and why it's a true account. Yeah. Uh, There's think- not a fucking doubt in my mind, but of course it is alleged at this point. Yeah, it is, and it's important to hang on to that technical detail for other yeah. people, if <laughs> not for Brett Kavanaugh. But you know, yeah. eventually somebody will will need that uh, mm. that habeas corpus thing that I, America sometimes still has. To yeah, be, <laughs> to be yeah. When a Republican gets be. accused of something, they've still got it. They dig it out from the drawer where they've hidden it. Uh, yeah, and the only other like, it's just interesting to watch from an Australian perspective because the gigantic machine of US politics and it's like obvious insincerity and and grubby fucking fall of Rome style <laughs> discourse at the moment uh, is really kind of working itself into some like unsurvivable torsions over this and if it's not the breaking point for something then it's, it's on the road they close ranks like this around these guys. Like, Brett Kavanaugh is nobody to the Republican Party. I can't I get figure that they, it out. I get that they want him to be on the court, yeah. but there have got to be hundreds of Brett Kavanaugh's that they can choose from. There are. Right? There was a, so, there was a list of equally fucking horrible reptilian judges that they could have why appointed. They, and, and, and some of them must be women. Some of them are probably women and ethnic. Like, yeah, there are maybe. some much better choices that they <laughs> I actually, could go for. I think actually maybe not. <laughs> oh, come on. There's got to be one. Yeah. There's got to be yeah. at least one who's woman. Or yeah. one who's not a woman by ethnic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There probably is. There are, um, there are smarter choices is what I'm saying. Yeah, ag- absolutely. For a party, that there are smart political operators in the Republican Party. They haven't... Mm. You, you can't be as incompetent at government as they are and as successful in politics if you don't have smart operators in your organisation. Yeah. But they always, time and again, whenever these fucking creeps are revealed, mm. just close ranks every lot, single time. A lot of the time, it seems to work. Like, some of them, like, Arpaio had a career for decades after he should have, based on the Republicans just closing rank and refusing to acknowledge it. he still it. has a career, doesn't he? Basically. Uh, he was... He's not... Uh, kicked out. Oh, he was? After a, an FBI investigation. I don't remember the terms of the investigation but i have a feeling he kind of got al caponed like he wasn't kicked out because of human rights abuses or oh, was it, they, ignoring they, they found so, some inc- just 
in administrative incompetence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one time he used twenty bucks to buy fucking Chuck E. Cheese for <laughs> uh, some somebody, and yeah, yeah, right. One of those things. Um, but like, yeah. So maybe it's that. I'm I'm with you in confusion though, because like I can see why they have to do it now, because now they've gone far well, enough yeah. that they're probably just hoping that now he'll they're withdraw all fucking himself. complicit. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but I can't understand why they didn't do it earlier um except just stubbornness maybe and i think that some elements of them are trying to force a culture war like uh what was the lindsey graham senator lindsey graham he's all over the place i don't get graham he's just a fucking senile crayon riddled (laughs) one minute he's he's complaining about how everything how, how indecency has spilled into every sphere of life yeah and the next minute he's defending a rapist who wants to be on the Supreme Court. Yeah, because it's indecent to tear down this man's career because his view of decency is extremely limited. I don't think it counts Um, as tearing down a man's career if he's rich enough to retire. Well, this is the thing. He could have just fucking... Like, yeah, his career isn't ruined. He's ruining his career by refusing to withdraw and every day that it goes on until the day, hopefully, that he is formally charged or said to be culpable for these crimes. Here's a question. If you were in Brett Kavanaugh's position... Yeah. I'm going to assume that you believe yourself to be innocent, whether you are or not. Okay. You've got this job coming up. Mm -hmm. You believe yourself to be innocent. Dr. Ford makes her accusations. Yeah. Do you just be like no fuck it i am getting this supreme court I've, bench i've been thinking about or it or would you not be like well i'm pretty much 100% convinced that i didn't do that mm. but given the circumstances yeah. given the given everything i'm going to withdraw and settle this quietly yeah out of the fucking public eye i've been thinking about this a bit as i've watched the testimonies and i can't say for sure how i would act in the moment but i i would like to think it the second instance to be like it's imperative for the fucking fabric of the court and for the public's faith in the court that i'd not be the person appointed to this position and remember keeping in mind that nobody who's chosen for appointment to the supreme court needs Mm. the paycheck yeah. Like it's not it's not like, you know, this is gonna be the job that makes your career. Mm. Your career's made already if you're being nominated for the yeah, Supreme Court. He, he could get a high paying, high level job with other legal institutions, corporations, firms, that sort of thing. Like he's not at any fucking risk just by not getting the highest <laughs> legal position in, in the, the world, fucking known world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that maybe the, the difference between <laughs> the difference between us and him or like specifically our generation and his generation although I uh, I know that it goes across like probably political lines as well is that young men of our generation are being asked to make that concession on the reg like that's one of the responsibilities of our place in society is to be like yeah I can see why maybe somebody else should have this yeah. Position. Like, that's part of getting mar- previously marginalized voices into the fucking discourse and stuff is being like, maybe 100% of uh, entertainment creators don't have to be white dudes. Like, <laughs> maybe it's fine. And while I personally haven't done anything to 
fucking I never owned slaves god damn it I never did anything to the aborigines um like I'm pretty sure I've been rude to an aboriginal at some point in my I life. def I, I have I have uh once I accidentally called an aboriginal woman brother because she was uh rugged up for cold weather and I said it to her back before she turned there around there we go we've both made faux pas We're- yeah yeah I feel <laughs> I've felt really bad about it ever since that day um and will continue to do so until I die. In fact, I will never stand for the Supreme Court. (laughs) Yeah. Just in case she is still alive and testifies. Yeah. But um, that's not to be like, oh, look how enlightened and good we are, but like, uh, because I don't think that I am, but um, but Kavanaugh's generation was never... And there's an expectation that we need to help everyone partake in our society that it's not an exclusive domain for us anymore just not to think of yourself as constantly the best candidate for anything to which you're for which you're even like mildly uh qualified but kavanaugh's uh generation and class uh, were never asked to make that compromise his life has been built on being the biggest shark in the fucking pond and so what a surprise when there isn't any humanity behind those eyes and he gets his fucking teeth out in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee and acts like one of the least balanced and fair people. Oh, it was not an attractive performance. No. If you've ever wondered what a dog's ass would look like should mm. it grow teeth, mm-hmm. the Brett Kavanaugh face is a yeah salient <laughs> depiction. Ex- extremely childish, man. Uh... Yeah. All right. Cool. We did it. We solved Kavanaugh. I don't know what's going to happen over the coming week, but I guess we'll see. We can have a little update. He'll probably be on the Supreme Court next week, and then we can have a new arch enemy to talk about. Hopefully, should that happen... Oh, goodness. What would happen? I don't know, man. Uh, Midterms, maybe... Yeah, but that doesn't mean anything, because it'll still be what five unhinged well the supreme court will be loons. fucked for yeah. for a generation yeah for as long as it takes for brett kavanaugh to die uh which could be soon hopefully uh if he's you know maybe one of the liberal judges will just wait for the sanders presidency and then i don't know strap a vest onto herself and she's like sorry comrades this is yeah. for the greater good i am cleansing this whole bench <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> transparently talking about rbg there um yeah look baby kinsberg could do it she's got a fighter's look in her face she's probably gonna fucking die in the next month and then we'll get another one like oh my god don't say that (laughs) who knows um listen people have been predicting beta ginsburg's death for a while and (laughs) it hasn't stopped her yet uh yeah i don't know the supreme court is fucked if kavanaugh gets on there but uh what can you do well, we can't do anything, fortunately, so we may as well move on to the next topic. Next topic, which is, Darcy? Well, this is a sort of musing, Kieran. Mm. I've been musing about representative democracy and sure. voter attitudes mm-hmm. and how unsatisfactory parliaments are across the world. Yeah. And this form of representative democracy that we have, which is still a very 20th century model, yep. which was a great triumph that we achieved in the 20th century, Mm. has had a really unfortunate uh, side effect of essentially turning the electorate into uh, a a bunch of damsels waiting for Prince Charming to come along and save us from 
the horrible witches that have got us locked up in the tower. Mm-hmm. And there has been nowhere near enough input from us because I think the system really makes it hard for people yeah. to have input outside of the representative chamber. Yeah. And I've been musing on the need for representative democracy to be completely overhauled and <laughs> modernised and maybe got rid of entirely in its current form. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I think there might be something to that. <laughs> because it certainly doesn't seem to be working. Uh, it's like everyone hates politics mm. and everyone hates politicians but we're all still just waiting for like oh eventually someone good might turn up and we can vote for them and it will be okay yeah which it won't be because no. somebody good won't turn up and if they do yeah even if we vote for them they'll still be trying to operate in a den of vipers and they'll yeah. get bugger all done you only have to look at the uk media for like five seconds to see the insanely torturous gauntlet that sort of leftist <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn is having to run uh, Jeremy Corbyn's from- a leftist he's also but he's he's a he's a dated leftist yeah I uh, should I should say that he's, dated he's, leftist. he's the he's the real McCoy yeah but he's um kind of like a I don't know like like a British general in the American revolutionary wars Mm. trying to fight a guerrilla army using set-piece yeah. battle tactics that he beat the French with 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, he's doing an admirable job of just sticking in and not copping to the, like, uh, apologies game or whatever and just being like, I'm not anti-Semitic again and again. Yeah. Uh, and stuff like that. Like, he's doing all right, but, like, it is fearsome, the shit that he is having to go through just to remain the leader of the opposition. Yeah. And one Chosen can only- Chosen by Im- the members of the party. Yeah. One can only imagine what fucking horse shit he's going to have to deal with when he's in office. And, like, the, the strongman uh, impulse is a disease that cuts both ways. And both ways it cuts a shitty in that it, like, leads to apathy among voters uh, because they think that their vote is their one political act that they get to do and they're waiting for yeah. their saviour to come along. And it also leads and to... And they their... also believe that it's a meaningless act as well in so yeah, many cases. Yeah. And it also leads, like, uh, reactionary forces to pick up on people <laughs> like Donald fucking Trump as their version of that, the the kind of... Str- <laughs> Donald Trump, the strongman, makes me laugh every yeah, time but, I think of it but in he, that he paradigm. Did, but, but he did a good impression of it yeah, when yeah, he was yeah. running. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But that's like... This is not new information. This is something that people have written a lot about, that, that that's a typical kind of tool used by fascist uh, governments in the past, is to set up the leader as the strongman, the person who's able to take the rudder and steer the country back on course. So, yeah, I think I think you're right. Uh, I have no fucking clue what the alternative looks like. Well, I I mean, it's something I'm going to have to explore more. I was like, this is just amusing. But there was an interesting idea floated a few years ago um, mm. by a political scientist who I've regrettably forgotten, um, as, is the, as is the fate of so many political scientists. <laughs> yeah, they're used to it. Which, which is to replace the Senate, not necessarily Parliament, but a mm. stopgap, you see, all right, the Senate needs to be a more modern institution. Sure. And not just another political um, arena. Mm. So you, instead of having tenured senators, you have a jury, effectively, a, a citizen's assembly 
chosen along the same lines that people are chosen for jury duty. Sure. And it's their job for six months or a year or what have you to, as non-politicians, but just people who have to live in communities, sit in the Senate and review legislation. Yeah. Sure. I would be up for that. Uh, I would be up for a fucking six-month tour of the halls of power as an individual and a citizen, because I quite like the idea of wielding political power, but fuck becoming a politician. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) No, I shouldn't be trusted with power. Um, Nobody should be trusted with power, but... yeah. A vote in the but Senate. But ultimately, is not somebody the... has to at some somewhere along the line, you know? Yeah, yeah. Look, that's interesting. Uh, and I'm, I don't object to that as an idea. My question is we seem to live in an age which is like singularly unambitious with reforms, like the concepts of capitalism and political structures and party makeup and stuff are all exceptionally resistant to change and people which i've talked about this before tied to like the neoliberal movement and the francis fukuyama mindset of the end of history and yeah so like people believe that we've achieved these best possible if not perfect forms i was gonna mention that because i was playing so i was playing the witcher 3 Mm. the other day Great game. And I'd finished all of the expansion storylines and the Mm. main one. Yep. And all that was left to do is ride around on Roach and see if there were any interesting side quests left and, like, you know, find get get to all the question marks and see what was going on with those. Yeah. And that is actually something that I have stopped to do because it's really boring. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because there's no compelling reason to do anything and... And your your uh, char- character is so ridiculously powerful mm. that you can just whack dragons in the head with your stick and they fall over. Sure. And that feels like the same mood that's been seeping into like post Cold War politics. For the yeah, it's like well, we've pretty much done all the stuff. Now it's just about earning completion points. Yeah, we just <laughs> it's like. Uh pre-patch early Skyrim we just wait for the save file to get so big that it starts yeah. crashing the universe and yeah. then eventually we get to die pretty much and yet yeah. there are grand narratives still afoot oh yeah huge but they but our political class mm. is completely unaware of them or not interested in them yeah well, climate change is a, a grander narrative oh, than yes. the cold war was yeah because this is literally like come on surely everybody comes together to li- mm. to save the planet. Yeah. It was supposed to be this thing of, like, you know, oh, if aliens turn up to invade, humanity will finally unite, like yeah. an Independence Day. Yeah. But... Not so. Not so, because... Well, maybe it's because you can't make climate change feel pain, so the <laughs> motivation just fundamentally isn't there for one half of the political spectrum. Um, but, yeah, yeah, that that is a really good point. Uh that and like the the idea that parliament can't even see fit to granting uh the conditions proposed by the uluru uh statement and yeah offer rep- a representative body for indigenous australians or pose any alternative or negotiate or something it's just like no you can't you can't do that you can't change government <laughs> government is like universe you can't change universe 
You can't change universe. What, are we just supposed to make dirt into chocolate? Like, and it's like, no, it's a fucking... It's a fitting uh, analogy. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're sliding back into into um, a genuinely Victorian yeah. view of the world, of, like, great power diplomacy and, yeah. you know, deserving poor and shitty poor and the virtues mm. of labour. Yeah. But also a horrible Malthusian um, view of, like, oh, well, most of humanity is just doomed to shit because... Yeah. Otherwise, there won't be enough great stuff for me to not use yeah that, that i must have again the the worst elements of society will deny out of one side of their mouth that their wealth is built on the uh, built at the expense of others but out of the other side of their mouth will vocally campaign against anything designed to prevent them benefiting f- at the expense of other people oh yeah so it's rather extraordinary so yeah i don't know i'm i'm all for some sort of dramatic overhaul of uh, representative democracy because it's clear that it's not designed to stand up to uh, the information infrastructure that we have at the moment. It's clear that it's not designed to cope with genuine uh, existential threats like climate change or like grand uh, disturbances on a global political scale like fucking (laughs) who knows what's going to happen with the fucking Middle East and China and Russia over the next 50 years Um, it's it's a system as it currently exists that is designed to thrive in a sort of timeless stasis which just isn't how human history or society works well it's a system that's designed to work so long as nothing goes wrong yeah yeah which is understandable if you're designing a no, it's not. I understand if you're designing any system, you should always have yeah. a method. You should always have a oh, things could go wrong. Yeah, you know, like I was, cars have. I was a also foot trying to think of- and a handbrake. Yeah, yeah, and failing was- that, they have crumple zones and airbags. Airbags, yes. I was trying to think of a car analogy as well, but you're right that no analogy accurately represents the stupidity of expecting the system to to just work perfectly without. Uh, revisiting the principles of its constitution. Institutional renewal is the only way to maintain a functioning civic society. Yeah. I don't I don't know how you solve that problem, which is the problem. Like, finding alternatives, I guess, isn't the problem, because stuff like a, a People's Senate, like you talk about, with much faster rotation of terms, stuff like that. All like I'm sure that there are a million kind of uh, feasible solutions well, to at least investigate. I think one possible solution mm. is that national governments need to be much weaker, and mm. local governments need to be much stronger, mm. and need to be bound by a common constitution of rights and you know government limitations yeah right but if you can do as much as you can i think to have national governments essentially be more coordinating bodies for local governments Mm. and political sort of diplomatic entities that um, arrange treaties and deals with one another yeah but have them less be about sweeping national policy yeah 
so that local communities can have more control of their destinies and uh, their resource allocations. Then mm. you've got part of the problem solved, I think. Maybe. That feels like the one the weakness that- of local governments is one of the reasons why so many of Australia's um, poorer areas mm. and more isolated areas are kind of doomed to remain poor and isolated because yeah. the governments are really limited around what they can achieve. Yeah, I I definitely agree that uh, there needs to be some measure of increase of the power of those local governments. I'm not denying that this system would work, but I'm not necessarily convinced that it would because granularizing the way that power is uh, managed doesn't necessarily... If you look at, like, the US has comparatively much more powerful state governments than we do here. Uh, But what that principally means is that you have particular states in the US which are able to push through in the public consciousness really horrible things like prohibition, abortion laws, gun laws, uh, death penalty laws. Well, I'd be okay with dissolving the state governments. I don't think they're necessary. Yeah. I don't think they're helpful. I think they suck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) just... A really, uh, you in- hear that, Andrews? In a f- not, it, I mean, yeah, obviously, everybody knows that it's part of your personal vendetta. <laughs> Daniel Andrews, I was taken to task recently around my uh, hatred for Daniel Andrews, really, and asked to consider the fact that he has done tremendous amounts so far for funding women's programs, for mm. domestic violence measures, mm. and uh, not just legal consequences, but campaigning and reforming. And that is true. Yes. And I, I, you I, should be ashamed of I will, yourself. I place that feather. Well, no, it's true and because I... I had I had my one-sided hatred of Daniel Andrews. Yeah, but credit where credit is due. That credit was, that was fair criticism. I take it on board. But mm. he still remains a horrible example of why the slug and mole people should not mingle their seeds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that much is irrefutable. Um, yeah, look. Daniel Andrews is Daniel Andrews. He ha- he has done some good things. I've been slightly less gung ho about him than you have, but have also reveled in the opportunity to sling mud because I love to do that. <laughs> but like, yes, he's 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 done a lot, and the previous state government was shit house. They were uh, terrible. But even when you have good state governments, I do, I'm not convinced that they're a necessary part. Of yeah, the I mean, I mean, maybe not. I think I think larger and better resourced and more powerful local council mm. with with more roles for citizens to take things to the council. Certainly if we could get citizens more involved in local government, it would be good because I know that It would like, be great. But you have to make the stakes for local government higher. You mm. have to you have to make it worth people's while. Time remember yeah. people are mostly time poor these days. Yeah. Despite all the efficiencies of modern technology. Yeah. There are, yeah, there are, I don't know, there are areas that I'm still sceptical. Local government positions are, is, are one of the sort of sites of uh, the proliferation of sham contracting, for example, and it varies from council to council based on whether they're conservative or That's true. Not, and look, so. I'm, I'm not saying that local councils are friends of mine and that I'm, I'm massive fans mm. of the way they're set up at the moment. Yeah. They would have to be overhauled as well. Yeah, but it would yeah. give it would allow people who live in um, 
yeah, well, people who live in areas. It would allow, <laughs> uh, it would allow, would allow people to engage yeah, much to more actively and more meaningfully community. with the communities that they live in. Yeah, which could honestly be part of a tonic. Part, uh, like, I think a lot about how grossly we've breached the Dunbar number, you know, that... Uh, yeah. The number of people that we're kind of capable of holding in our minds as real complex humans, which is around 120 or so, I think. It's it's hardwired into the ape brain, so it's hardwired into our brain to a degree. And it doesn't mean that you lack compassion for people outside those bounds, but it means that when everything we do is on a national or increasingly global scale, it becomes easy to dehumanise people and, like... I don't know. Everybody's fucking sick in the brain at the moment, so <laughs> I kind of suspect that that maybe has something to do with it. But. Everybody is sick. Oh, yeah. I mean, sorry, no. I'm not, not even going to start that because that is mm. another conversation for another time. Yeah. But yeah, I, that, was just, that I, was just a bit of me. Oh, sorry. I want to quickly point out that I'm not doing that as, like, an ableist uh, attack against mental illness or anything. I'm just saying that, like... No, that's but that's specifically why it's a huge area that we're going because because yeah. there there's been some fascinating uh, research published recently about mm. the the notion of uh, mental illnesses and spectrums, yeah, and how mental illnesses function and how they can be treated if you view things as spectra rather than discrete conditions, yeah, um, which is precisely why don't want to go into it now because we're almost at the end of the episode yeah <laughs> just suffice it to say that the world seems crazy because it is and yeah and like depression rates are going up and shit and people seem to be acting more irrationally across the board it's not not a disorder thing that i'm talking about it's a culture ah, okay. and uh but a lot socialization of, a lot of that thing. is because we have lost control of our lives you know mm. h- how many local councillors meaningfully deal with development issues yeah for instance yeah 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 crime issues drug issues Mm. so much stuff that we have an unwieldy central bureaucracy failing to react to yeah and local councils with proper resources and powers and reformed local councils could be much more effective in tackling yeah if i were able to have a bigger stake in my own community it would a get me more interested in my community and B, probably finally provide me the impetus I need to move out of this Skeksis nest into a better community. Oh, uh, yeah. Give me a call when you uh, when you want to move and you feel like you'll need some help. Yeah, yeah, because it's uh, <laughs> essentially... This is a metaphor for the difficulty of reforming Australian <laughs> government because this is going Kieran's to be a task. Kieran's house is actually the set of labyrinth... I mean, that's a little harsh. <laughs> that's Marcus's. Most of that is from Mads' house. So uh, I noticed that Marcus's stuff has now gone under a, another geological layer of art stuff. Yeah, art there. stuff, which Mads moved from her studio to here because she's fucking subletting her studio. And anyway, we're working <laughs> on that. We're fucking currently working on it, actually, not just in the way that people say they are. We have to stop. It's a minute 25. People don't want to hear about the minutiae of my fucking crumbling life. Please remember that you can contact us, if you wish, at uh, weaknessforbleakness at gmail.com. No tricks in the spelling. It's just weaknessforbleakness at gmail.com. Yes. Thank you, everybody. It's been a pleasure, as always. Try to enjoy your spectrum. Shit, my best of luck next time